Buenos dias from BA. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 24th of August 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. Last week, the Buenos Aires province experienced heavy rainfall, resulting in damage and an increase in the water level of the river plate, which led to flooding in specific areas. Among these, the city of La Plata bore the burnout of the impact, and its residents had to be evacuated. Julio Garro, the mayor of the city, confirmed that the amount of precipitation recorded was of historical significance. On top of that, over 50 flights were affected by thunderstorms. Both the Jorge Newbery and Ezeiza International Airports had to cancel at least eight flights and delayed 40. In addition, certain flights had to be redirected because they couldn't land. As if the weather reason wasn't enough to cancel flights, Baggage handlers from private airlines JetSmart and Latam carried out a strike. This protest led to the cancellation of 40 flights, impacting over 10,000 passengers. The Ministry of Labor had to intervene to end the strike. However, the challenges didn't stop there. Frustrated passengers, a considerable number of whom had spent the night at the airport, organized protests in the customs area of the Ezeiza airport, complaining that their baggage was not being returned. Someone who had no issue boarding his plane was Sergio Massa, but before heading to Washington to meet with the IMF, the economy minister met up with President Alberto Fernandez and Vice President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner to find a way to win over voters. Apparently, Massa has prepared a two-measures-per-day plan to be delivered through the week. Although nothing has been confirmed yet, there is a speculation about a forthcoming economic package aimed at addressing the decline in purchasing power resulting from the devaluation. Additionally, officials are exploring the possibility of augmenting the funding allocated to social organizations, which are gearing up for protests. The proposed package is also expected to introduce fresh credit card alternatives for retirees, and there's a chance of an additional one-time bonus payment distributed in installments for individuals with lower incomes. One measure that has recently been put up into effect involves the stabilization of oil prices. Crude oil producers in the Vaca Muerta shale region will receive a fixed rate of $56 per barrel until the end of October. This decision comes in response to a 12% increase in the prices of pump refiners, including IPF, prompted by a decline in the value of the peso. In return for this arrangement, Massa will outline certain benefits for drillers. This include the postponement of export taxes, expedited access for foreign currency, and potentially exemptions from certain import duties. Still, the capping could have negative consequences for activity in Baca Muerta. On the bright side, there's no rush to fill up your gas tank ahead of a potential price hike, at least not until November. Regardless of the measures the economy minister presents, the end goal is clear, to get more voters in the upcoming election. And speaking of the election, the Buenos Aires city government has decided to suspend the use of electronic voting for the time being. This choice comes in response to the significant delays experienced during the primaries, and the government will soon announce the alternative voting system to be employed. According to reports from the Teleam News Agency, they are leaning towards paper ballots, but in a new kind of ballot box. This means that residents of Buenos Aires City will employ the same voting procedure twice during the general election. They will cast their votes once for the president, vice president, national deputies, and senators, and then for local authorities. Foreign citizens, on the other hand, will only participate in the latter election. While they don't possess the right to vote in national elections, they retain the ability to do so in provincial and on municipal elections, 
as dictated by the existing regulations of each province. On that note about getting more voters, there has been a notable shift in the relationship between presidential candidate Javier Milei and former president Mauricio Macri following the primaries. In what appears to be a strategic move aimed at attracting new voters, Milei unveiled his desire to appoint Macri as a special plenipotentiary ambassador to represent Argentina internationally. Macri, however, is a key leader of the Juntos para el Cambio coalition, whose presidential candidate is Patricia Bullrich. This could have all sorts of consequences, starting with potential ramifications of Bullrich's campaign, as she loses the backing of one of her party's most prominent leaders. Meanwhile, Milei is already facing some backlash, given that his philosophy centers on the notion that a new Argentina cannot be built with the same old leaders at the helm. Nevertheless, he needs more than 30% of the vote to win the election, and Macri could hold the key to persuading the specific demographic he aims to reach. Back to the topic of the economy minister, Massa announced on Tuesday the 22nd that both the World Bank and the Inter-American Development Bank have granted Argentina loans, totaling around $1.3 billion. His meeting with the Inter-American Development Bank president ended with the announcement of $650 million in funds for three specific objectives. Funding for the construction of a bridge connecting the provinces of Corrientes and Chaco, enhancing the Salto Grande Dam jointly managed by Argentina and Uruguay, and facilitating the expansion of exports within the knowledge economy sectors. Speaking of dollars, the BBC published an article titled How Argentina Learned to Love the U.S. Dollar. The piece summarizes Javier Millet's plans to replace the country's pesos with the U.S. dollar, but gives some historical context as to why the dollar already plays a significant role in Argentina's economy. It also mentions some of the main exchange rates right now, although some are already outdated, and compares dollarization plans to what Brazil did in the 90s by pegging its currency to the dollar with greater flexibility. You can find the link to the article in the show notes. On Sunday the 20th, Argentina celebrated Children's Day, and amid the context of peso devaluation and a sudden increase in the dollar, the Argentine Confederation of Medium Enterprises reported a slight decline in retail sales. The small and medium enterprise retail sales showed an average sales ticket of 12,000 pesos, less than $20 according to the parallel exchange rate, with consumers gravitating towards cheaper products. Toy store sales were down 2%, impacted not only by rising prices, but also limited product variety, while bookstores experienced an 8% setback due to 20% price increase. From children to grandmothers, Estela de Carlotto, the grandmother of Plaza de Mayo's president, was honored at a ceremony held at the International Criminal Court's headquarters in The Hague, the Netherlands. The event celebrated the grandmother's human rights efforts, but during that ceremony, de Carlotto also acknowledged the Dutch journalists who courageously reported on the mothers of Plaza de Mayo during the 1970 World Cup when a military junta governed Argentina. Among the journalists, Han van der Putten conducted a significant interview with the mothers during the 1978 World Cup opening ceremony. Photojournalist Bert Nienhuis and reporter Fritz Barend covered the mothers' march, with Barend even pretending to be a Dutch footballer to secure an interview with the dictator Jorge Rafael Videla after Argentina's victory in the 1978 tournament. To end on a lighter note, let's discuss two notable triumphs. During the long weekend, Alfajor Esquero emerged as the winner of the Mundial del Alfajor. This event allowed both food enthusiasts and the public to savor alfajores from various parts of the globe. The panel of judges assessed participants based on factors like high-quality ingredients and innovative recipes, 
Ultimately, the producers hailing from Campana in the Buenos Aires province secured the top prize. The second notable triumph is of Las Murcielagos, or the Bad Girls, Argentina's national team for blind women's football. They just made history by winning the first World Cup for the International Blind Sports Association in England. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can always financially support us by using the link in the show notes. If you can't do that but still want to support us, please tell your friends about us and hit the subscribe button. Nos vemos la próxima semana.